Flight Control, countdown confirmed. Auto sequence start in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Everyday Manager podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Steele. Uh, we continue today with our uh, segment of business owners and uh, business owners of small to medium enterprise size businesses. Um, it's the segment we're doing so we can uh, to learn and get some great insight in regards to what it's actually like to do this. I've mentioned in other interviews that majority of this country in Australia where I'm based and live is made up of, of businesses, small and medium in size. Um, the, the reality of it is, is for people like me who have always worked in companies and corporations, we, we can really find it challenging and difficult to get a, a, a deep understanding of these challenges that are faced by business owners on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I'm really excited today to continue this journey um, and, and learn more from our guest today on his story that he's got to tell, and that is John Prefontaine. Welcome, John. Hi, Steve. How are you today? Wonderful. Thanks for joining us, mate. Look, I won't steal any of your thunder, so uh, let's uh, let's get you to tell us all about yourself, who you are, and, and what your business is. No worries. Uh, so my name's John Prefontaine. Um, I'm a full-time musician, um, primarily a business owner. Uh, I have a business called Resonate Music. Um, we specialise in tuition, is the main form of income. Um, we do guitar, bass, drums, piano, and vocal tuition, and there's 12 teachers that I have. They're all contractors. Um, we also do rehearsals in a rehearsal room. Um, I do guitar repairs, and we do recording as well. Um, so we kind of cover all the bases with the music side of things. Um, and, yeah, so basically running the business is, is 80% of what I do, and then teaching is probably the, the other 20% as well. Um, and then everything else is just gravy on the side, to be honest with you. Uh, brilliant. But the thing that stands out for me uh, and for listeners that, um, that, uh, that may be interested is that uh, outside of all those things that John's just listed, he also has um, a side hustle, John, in regards to playing in bands. You've done that for a long time. You've operated them as, as businesses in a sense as well. But the thing that um, I, I've always admired is for yourself, and I've known you, John, for a little while now, is that for many business owners, um, they normally have a passion, and it's that passion that they turn into their job, into the business they have. And that's what I've always admired, that you've always obviously had this passion for music in general, um, and it's something that you've managed to turn into into your business what it is today uh, that you enjoy and that you love doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later as well with the passion um, side of things because obviously with any sort of business, if there's no passion there, if there's no drive, um, it's going to be a long road to try and succeed. Um and, and, yeah, so we'll get into that soon. I've got something on that side of things. Well, let's tell us about your business and how it came into being. So I have been playing music, guitar. I'm strictly a guitar player. I don't really play anything else. Um, but I've been doing that from a young age in school, uh, finished school and thought, now what do I do? 
Um, so I decided to study music and um, studying really didn't get me where I am. Um, it was all just driven from myself more than anything. Um, yes, it is great to study, but uh, I find in the music industry, it really doesn't make or break um, what you're trying to achieve. Um, but yeah, so basically I was teaching guitar. I was working at a retail store, a place called Billy Hyde Music, um, when I was late teens. Uh, when that when I would finish my shift, I'd catch the train home and I'd have probably eight to ten students that I'd teach um, multiple afternoons through the week. Um, obviously, the word got around and before I knew it, I was teaching 30, 40 students uh, and at its peak, it grew to 60 um, that I was trying to manage on my own from my, from my house. Uh, at this stage, I had um, stopped working in retail, so I was focusing on, on the teaching business. Uh, and I, I needed to expand. Um, and I didn't want to expand at my own house. I wanted to be able to enjoy my time. For example, if I have another teacher teaching with me, um, I don't want them downstairs while I'm trying to eat my dinner, etc. cetera. Um, so I decided to branch out and bought a industrial um, unit complex, basically, um, and did a fit out. Conveniently, my younger brothers are architects, which helped with uh, with the fit out and getting it all approved and certified. Um, and now we have a full on custom built um, music studio, um, which is, in my opinion, obviously the uh, the best in Brisbane. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of where where it's grown to. Um, it is a funny industry because we do have a, a very narrow window for demand. Uh, obviously. With teaching, most of the students are after school or after work. Um, all ages we teach from from you know young primary school age through to our older students, eighty four. So obviously all ages there as well. Um, and yeah, so we've got that narrow window. So my goal is to ensure that each and every single room. Uh, by the way, we can have eight teachers teaching at the same time in our facility, um, and I need to make sure every room's full and operating to maximum potential. Um, because yeah, as I said, that narrow window from about three till 8 PM is kind of where we're restricted. Um, cause on weekends we have rehearsals and recordings going on. Um, but yeah, so I think we, we've grown it to be very strong and consistent. Um, especially with COVID there a couple of years ago, the music industry was, uh, under fire, as you could say. Um, and we managed to, uh, to get by, um, okay. And now we're back stronger than ever, basically touch wood. <laughs> Hey, I'll, mm. I'll come back to that. I, I do have a, a question that I want to ask you about COVID, but I'll, I think before we get to that, uh, it's quite the quite the startup story and journey that that you've taken and where you've come from. Uh, what uh, stands out to me is again the risk that has taken along that journey to get to where you are today. Um, I think for uh, many people who are not business owners and um, and haven't experienced what you've experienced to truly appreciate and understand the risk taken and the courage it takes to to go out on a limb and just hope that all the time and investment and, and everything that goes into making this happen, you know, it, it's hard to really get a grip on it, in my opinion, unless you've done it. But were there, were there any fears along the way that you thought at any point in time, oh, my my gosh, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? Um, how am I going to get a, 
you know, streamlined income in. Yeah. To, to be honest, mate, the, the fears were uh, every Thursday or Friday for about five years, just making sure there was enough funds to, to, uh, to pay rent initially and um, all the bills that were coming through. Uh, obviously, we don't have too many overheads. Um, but they do they do stack up a little bit over time as well. So just to make sure everyone's getting paid and and uh, and there's some form of income left for the owner at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> so that's the that's, it is a tricky risk, obviously. But but I think we've uh, we've fought through and done done very well for where we are right now. We're actually looking at a potential expansion to a second premises um, because we are actually almost full to the brim, as you'd say. Um, for what we're trying to achieve at the current place. So that's my next goal. And, and where you mentioned risk, that's the next one. That's for sure. <laughs> Hats off to you. Hats off to you, honestly. Uh, that's And that's what I was getting at early when I, when I said I've got admiration for business owners and people like yourself, John, for this concept of, of taking risks. But with uh, high risk comes high reward. So that's great news to hear that um, you've got this opportunity to now expand um, expand your business. Hey, back on to, you, you brought up COVID before. This is a changing world. It's impacting all of us in so many different ways. Um, look, if you're, say, from my background where I work for a, a large corporation and company uh, who have pivoted in these times to having staff work from home, being continued business rolling, income comes in, expenses go out, and, and the world just keeps ticking. They've, they've been able to get by doing that. Yep. Is that the case for your business or did COVID period you know, impact it significantly? <clears throat> so in 2020, I think the month was March or April or something like that, um, I remember it very well uh, where it, it was an actual lockdown. All the speculations did come true. Um, and I thought, what is the point of having a you know $600,000 premise when everyone can click their fingers and do it in their bedrooms now? Um, so that was a, a, a big shock. Um, and to manage that, I, I did lose a couple of staff due to COVID, um, which was was bound to happen regardless, I think. Um, most importantly, we lost a lot of students or a, lost a, a lot of clients um, because a lot of people have this mentality that you can click your fingers and, and, and do that sort of job via Zoom, which I agree that you can. Um, however, the amount of work that goes into a teacher to be able to prepare a lesson, um, send the files across, uh, have the student, you know, hopefully interested on the other side of the line, uh, it really isn't the same thing as, as a one-on-one in the, in the same room. Um, and I find it's twice the work for the teacher for half the benefit of the student. Uh, and we're trying to charge the same prices and it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a tricky game. Um, luckily, that lasted around about a month and a half for us, and then there was a period where it was on and off, back to Zoom. And I gave teachers the option to teach via Zoom if they if they could. So some had setups. Um, I was really proud of my team because they were faithful to me um, and and the business, obviously, and they knew that this was something that we just had to work through together. Um, and most of them are, are still with me today. Uh, which is fantastic, but because yes, they could go and teach um, in their own bedroom and and uh, you know potentially poach all the students from the business. Obviously, that's not morally a good thing to do. But um, so I'm really proud of my team for for standing by us and, and working through that tricky COVID scenario. Um, 
that affected every business. If, if you think you didn't get affected by COVID, you're, you're lying to yourself. So um, it has affected everybody. Mm. Yeah, look, I think you're right there. I totally agree in a business like yours, which is, which is a people business um, because you're, you've got clientele. Um, yes, and like everything, we learnt that we could all of a sudden do a lot of things via Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever it may be. But in my, my opinion, I agree with you. If you're in a scenario where you've got a learner, somebody that needs to learn from you, and that's the business that you do, there's no better way to be able to connect with the learner and make sure the teachings really sink in unless you're face-to-face. Yeah, correct. So to put it into perspective as well, Steve, um, bit of a funny one. Imagine having a six-year-old student uh, via Zoom, and I had previously taught this particular student twice before for half an hour. So literally a beginner, beginner student um, with a terrible instrument that was out of tune all the time. Um, so his father would help him log into Zoom. Uh, there was language difficulties as well. Um, and then I'd be asking him to strum a particular chord or something, and it sounded disgusting, um, and I can't deal with that. So I said, let's try and tune your guitar, buddy. Um, and trying to tune a six-year-old's guitar via Zoom is probably one of the most frustrating scenarios I've ever been in. Uh, <laughs> and I don't wish that upon anyone. Um, I think we got there, but the lesson was over. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, it was, it was very frustrating. Um, something that you've done for so long, a particular way to just have to click your fingers and, and rejig everything that you do. Um, yeah, but that that was one funny scenario I found with with the Zoom teaching. And the other thing is the the little delay. So there isn't any playing along with a student, which we do ninety nine percent of the time. Um, so it is monkey see, monkey do, which takes more time as well. So um, yeah, for the music game, it 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 works when students are advanced or, or you're doing more advanced kind of lessons because it is more theory based and and um, more talking as opposed to playing. Uh, but when it's beginners, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a bit of a nightmare. So, but we made it. Touch wood. Up through it. Hey, people. So, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, staff, uh, people are the biggest asset for any business. What are the challenges you face in particular with hiring new talent and staff in your business? Okay, so with um, the tuition game, consistency is everything. Um, so, all of our staff. I explained from day one, consistency is everything. So it's all about building routine for your students, um, making them realise that they're expected to be at their lesson each week after week. Um, for example, as soon as you get a little bit flaky with your direction um, and you you do become a little bit inconsistent and oh, I've got something on or, or something, um, students will become inconsistent too. Um, and inconsistency, they will eventually leave. Um, to us, we do think of students as an annual income. Um, so we do expect to see students for, for years on end uh, is what we lead for. Um, what I do find with staff is I definitely lead by example. Um, I'm a big fan of, of holding people's hands and, and helping them through scenarios. Um, I'm also teaching my own roster just like everyone else, Okay. Um, and from day one, I always make it really clear that I'm friendly, approachable, uh, here to assist with any issues, um, and I train everyone as the issues arise, if you know what I mean. Um, but, yeah, so it is tricky to find people who who understand that it has to be a consistent thing. Um, 
obviously when you do have employees, they'll have a runny nose and they'll be they'll be sick and they'll be they'll be out for a little while. Um, with contract contractors, uh, I find it's it's better for my scenario because if they're not working, they they're not getting paid. So it gives them an incentive to actually work. Obviously, they do get paid uh, better for that. Um, but as soon as they realise that consistency is everything, um, their paycheck goes up as well, uh, and the business just flows nicely. So that's the main thing I find is is getting people to understand uh, the consistency in this game. Yeah, you mentioned um, there uh, leading by example. I think mm-hmm. that's, um, that's a, certainly a leadership skill set that everybody needs, but particularly when running your own business. Um, I've heard other people say you've got to be able to do the work too. You need to be able to roll up the sleeves and all that sort of stuff. So it sounds like that's that's key for you, right? Is is you? Would I be right in assuming that you don't expect your staff to do anything that you're not willing to do yourself? A hundred percent. And for example, if if they're a little bit shy to do something in particular, um, I'm more than happy to show them how to do it that first time and. And this is how we do it, and this is what we expect. Um, and they they learn from that, and they become stronger. Um, but yeah, definitely leading by example is is a key way to run any business. I find. Um, yeah, I've got some advice for that soon as well. Uh, well, leading into that, in in terms of advice, if there was anybody out there listening uh, that wanted to uh, start their own business or um, uh, or, or look to uh, kickstart something they've never done before, uh, what advice do you have for that person? Always put yourself in whoever you are dealing with shoes. Um, for example, nobody wants to work for an arrogant boss that speaks down to their staff. Um, I do see it a lot with business owners. They kind of get a little bit cocky in a way and they think, oh, I've got my own business, I'm doing really, really well and, and all these people are working for me and they treat themselves as being more superior to everyone else. Um, I find that will deal big staff changeovers. People won't hang around long term, which means you're forever trying to build your base and and try and get things strong. Um, An efficient business model uh, is to be approachable and friendly, uh, but obviously firm if necessary um, to, as you say, steer the ship in the right direction. Uh, (laughs) Never be shy to give something a try. Um, if you have an idea to run your business more efficiently or to reach an end goal smoother or faster, just try it. You've got nothing to lose. Um, and if it fails, learn from that and you, uh, you grow bigger, stronger. Um, everyone in business will make mistakes and we learn to progress due to these mistakes. Um, and, yeah, and you'll be more equipped next time around, that's for sure. So, yeah, that's my advice. Don't, don't have your head too far up your backside and, uh, and treat everyone equally and, um, yeah, steer that shit. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. I've I've heard that catchphrase before. Steered. <laughs> uh, failure. I just touch on that before I go to my last question for you, John. That's uh, it's refreshing to hear you say that. Um, you know, too often over time, and I know sort of, you know, over my time of coming into management type roles, you know, there was always that fear. I mean, when I wasn't a manager, it was the fear of failing and then what, what the repercussions would be from my boss. Um, but then when I was a boss, it was then failing for my boss's boss and so forth. So it's refreshing to hear you say that, that you know, people can be encouraged to fail but learn from the failure and, and get on with it. Exactly right. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. 
Brilliant. Uh, my last question for you, who in business has inspired you? Now, that can be anybody famous, not famous, anybody that you know or not know, but who would be uh, the person or persons that have inspired you up till now? If I was going to pick anyone, um, I didn't study business. So I don't really have a, a business degree background as per se. Um, but believe it or not, my father was probably the one who inspired me the most. Um, even though he uh, gave me business advice from a young age, as if I'm running a multi-million dollar mining corporation, uh, <laughs> I definitely pick and choose the pieces of advice that work for me in my scenario. Um, my whole life, I've just wanted to be a rock star, um, which is kind of tricky when you're married with kids, but I have found a consistent form of income in the industry I've grown up in. Um, and I think, as obviously, as we said before, that's also key to make sure you have something you have a passion for. Um, otherwise, yeah, there's no drive to succeed. How do you expect to succeed? Um, but, yeah, if there was someone who has inspired me uh, directly, obviously my father, um, not that he was he was pushy in any way, but he always gave me that that shove to, to just do it, as, as I was saying before. If you, if you think you've got an idea and it, and it has potential to work um, and create growth for your business, give it a try. But, you know, if, if you go backwards, if you lose some money over it, big deal, move on and, uh, and regather and regroup and uh, plan B. No, I t- totally agree. And as you know, I, I, I know your father and and um, I think if if anybody out there, the message I'm getting from you in in this response from you, John, is uh, if you can find somebody to be your mentor that has experience, knowledge and skill sets that has run their own business and, and created and, uh, things over time in the, in the commercial world, um, take it. Take advantage of it uh, because, um, you know, I, I would imagine it would get you a lot further uh, along the pathway than others that, that don't uh, find that mentor or that access uh, to, to information. So Exactly right, yeah. I, I was obviously very fortunate with that scenario um, and, I, I yeah, I don't take it for granted. I'm, I'm proud of um of who my, my dad has helped me become in the business world, if you know what I mean. Yeah, most definitely. And, I, you know, for most people, I, I, I say this to any listeners out there, um, you know, whether you're wanting to, you know, run your own business and try it or you're a, a new manager or first-time first time manager, um, you have to do the work. Start with your networks. Start with your own networks. It could be family members. It could be a friends group or whatever it is, you'll generally find there will be somebody with some some knowledge and, and a support mechanism there for you. So I really encourage, I know myself, that's what, certainly what I leaned on um, when I got my first management role. I, I had my own network of, of families and friends that had done it before. before yeah. me, so I lent into that. So I think that's a good message that you've, you've left there, John, for the point of this podcast as well um, of, uh, you know, appealing to uh, to start up business owners or new managers in in businesses uh, look other than that that's everything we've got for today uh, so look I want to have a massive shout out to you John and a thank you for joining us today it's uh, some some amazing insight there into uh, into being a business owner but also your story and, and journey it's it's one that involves uh, you know, starting out with the passion and, and following that passion and 
and and leading you to where you are today. Uh, I love it when I listen to people that that are doing what they love because there's so many people out there that aren't. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. I, I really appreciate the time. Um, and I do wish all listeners the, the best with their ventures, no matter what it may be. Um, and, yeah, as Steve just mentioned, find a mentor and and go for it if you get that chance. Um, yeah, and don't get your head in your backside, as I said. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. All right, well, thank you again, uh, and thank you to all listeners. This has uh, been another episode of the Everyday Manager podcast series. Uh, That's a wrap for today, and I look forward to speaking with you all very soon. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.